Of course, this is Christmas Eve, and uh, I'd like to reflect on the birth of Jesus tonight. Let's pray here. Father God, we just welcome Holy Spirit as our comforter, our teacher tonight, uh, that Father God, I would not interfere with what Holy Spirit would like to do in our lives tonight, that Father, this just wouldn't be a gathering on a Christmas Eve, but Father, a, a time to meet heaven, a time, Father God, to uh, meet the God of eternity uh, in a deep and personal way. So we ask, Father God, that Holy Spirit would minister to us deeply tonight, Father, that we would leave here greater than when we first came in. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Christmas Eve here, yeah. The, the big question is, should be on Christmas Eve, why was Jesus born? That should be a question that's foremost, uh, why was Jesus born? Well, to answer why Jesus was born goes way back to Adam in the book of Genesis. First of all, it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, that all mankind is related to Adam's sin and that we are in a state of spiritual death. It says, for in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. It's very important that we inherit Adam's sin. If uh, even in the natural, in the medical field, if uh, someone has an uh, inherited uh, genetic disease, they can pass that on to their children. Um, you've heard, of course, children being born to heroin-addicted mothers. They're now addicted. It's passed on. And Adam's sin has been passed on to all humanity. And we're born into this world alive unto God. But when all of us can know the difference between right and wrong, all of us will choose wrong. All of us will die spiritually. And we need to be born then again like we were born alive into this world. And uh, only in Christ is that possible. That's the human condition we have of spiritual death. And only Jesus can rescue you and me from that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, in the same uh, chapter, Jesus is called the second Adam, a life-giving spirit. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So, why was Jesus born? Because the human race was in desperate need for hope. And I want to talk tonight very briefly about that. There's still hope here at the manger. The great message here on Christmas Eve at, at the manger is a message of hope. Uh, Christians, um, at this time of the year, uh, this speaks to us of hope. If Jesus would not have come, we would have no hope. Because of the manger, hope has come. Now, Pastor Gabrielle spoke on a Sunday here this month, and I liked what she said so much, I wrote it down. And she said, because Jesus came, our children and grandchildren have the hope of salvation. Your future great-grandchildren, yet unborn, have the hope of salvation because Jesus came. That's an amazing thought. That's an amazing thought. Do people ever really consider why uh, this is an event of hope for the whole human race. You know, if Jesus wasn't born, uh, where would I be? He wasn't born so that I could just feel good or to make my life on earth here more comfortable. Jesus came that I would be rescued from the eternal fires of hell if I would put my faith in him. Because hell is real and it's an eternal prison for Christ's rejectors. That's the only 
condition that sends people into eternal torment. They reject that they are only Messiah. Now, Jesus rescues me. Christ re rescues all of mankind from hell. The one that all of mankind is destined to because spiritual death dwells in them. The death of Adam still dwells in them. Only in my belief in Jesus' work at the cross and his empty grave as my Savior can I be rescued from such an eternity that I do deserve. Uh, it tells us here in uh, John chapter 3, verse 16, which I'm sure you know of, for God lo so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's hope. The love of Almighty God sent Jesus to us because he loved us all so much, even in the condition we were in. Uh, Paul tells us that God's desire for humanity. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, he wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. All men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So Jesus came and he breathed eternal life into us, a higher quality of life. How is God going to make all this happen with this birth of this baby? Because um, the Lord God was going to make a covenant with mankind. And he made a covenant specifically through Abraham so that Jesus could come in human form. That's about an hour's worth of teaching right there. <laughs> That's the headline. Yeah, through Abraham, that was the entrance that the Messiah could come to the human race. So Jesus came here to set us free from the chains of sin we all were already in and for a future of eternal judgment. That's hope. To refuse him is to remain in chains. So his birth, we find, came at the right time. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it tells us, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, that's interesting here. The right time. When Jesus came, God has this prophetic time clock, and God and had Jesus come at the right hour of his birth. For example, consider, there was hundreds of years of prophetic silence. Then the Messiah comes. The Roman peace ruled the world, so that uh, the known world at the time, so that it was the opportune time for the gospel, the good news to go forth. Israel was in bondage to Rome, a picture of their spiritual condition. The church was at its zenith, so it was the best time for the accuracy of the gospel to be put on paper. So let's look at that briefly here. Let's go to the birth of Jesus here in Luke's gospel, chapter 2. Let's just read from verses 1 to 7. And it says here, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, who was not a nice guy, that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all the people were on their way to register for the census, each to his own city. Now Joseph went up to Galilee, uh, went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judah, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to, in order to register along with Mary, who was betrothed to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in clothes, cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So we see here in first verse 4 here, he goes to 
a king's city to register because a king is about to be born. Jesus' birth here announces hope for all those who would have no hope with men. A hope that humanity had longed for for centuries. Yeah, that we would have an opportunity now to be free from sin and its chains. Right, John the Baptist in John chapter 1 said, uh, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah, that's the whole point here. And uh, so we see here in verse 7, there's no room for them at the inn. That, of course, is incredibly significant. A lot of you know that. Uh, the picture of no room for him at the inn means there's no room for him in the society for which he was to be born. He wasn't welcomed by the people to whom he was sent. They weren't what he was expecting. They wanted the Lion of Judah to conquer Rome. They didn't want the Lamb of God to be slain for their sin. There was no room for him in their hearts and all who did not want him. And so it goes on, as is today very different in this world we live in. Uh, many today like the excitement of holiday season, but do they make room for him in their hearts? Really very few do. They don't want him. They don't want him to be Lord of their lives. People want to be their own Lord of their own life. So we see here that he's born in a place without comfort. Rather, I think you all know that, discomfort, which reveals to us that he was born to suffer for you and for me. You know, the cloths they uh, wrapped him in the King James Bible, they're called swaddling clothes. These were not warm, fuzzy blankets. One scholar writes, they are strips of cloths like bandages wrapped around an infant. How about that? Like bandages. Speaks of the death he would have and be buried one day wrapped around with cloths. Many of this Christmas season, you know, I think we all know this, they, all, they only see a little cute baby in a manger, not realizing they should be looking at the sacrificial lamb that is slain for their sin. This baby was destined for the cross. He's the answer to all mankind's pain and crying for centuries. Save me. I can't save myself. This is hope. So nowhere in Scripture. Isn't that interesting? We are commanded to remember his birth. How about that? But in many areas, we are commanded to remember his death and resurrection. So it would seem biblically right time of the year at Christmas time that we remember the cross, the reason why he came. And that's why we have communion tonight. Pastor James, would you please come up? The manger here we find that he's placed in. I think a lot of you know what that is. It's an animal's feeding place. It smells. Animals' pusses are in there eating whatever they eat. And it doesn't, it's slobbered all over. I'm sure they cleaned it up, but how well can they clean it? Um, it's a smelly area. Uh, but did you ever consider why this baby is put into a feeding trough? Uh, well, Jesus said that he was the bread of life. Remember, he's born in Bethlehem. What does Bethlehem mean in English? House of bread. How about that? He is the bread of life that's going to be consumed, which means he's our true sustenance for spiritual life. He's the Passover lamb that's going to be consumed one day, which means he is the only way the living entrance that we would have into our hearts for an eternity that we would have judgment pass over us. So wouldn't it be just like God to do that, huh? Jesus, the sinless one, 
the spotted lamb, the sinless spotted lamb, the first coming, isn't it fitting that he comes to shepherds who tend sacrifices? God knows how to make an eternal statement. And remember here in John 10, Jesus calls himself a shepherd, doesn't he? He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And he did. So as we receive communion tonight, uh, we want to remember here on this Christmas Eve, it's fitting that we receive communion, that we receive the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Passover lamb. He is to be consumed by us, that we would be saved from our own sinful condition. That's hope. So we need to look beyond the American Christmas of uh, getting and giving gifts, the holiday party time. I like it. We all like it. But there's something far more beyond that. Christmas means there's hope for all mankind, that God isn't angry anymore with man. He's provided a wide open door for man to fellowship with him forevermore. There was no room for Jesus at the inn, but the real question is, there's an inn right here. Have I made room in my heart for Jesus? All of us. I don't know who's here tonight, everyone. Maybe you're visiting. Maybe somebody brought you. Maybe you're just curious and you came to a church on a Christmas Eve. We've had that happen. So we all speak to our own hearts tonight. Have we made room in the end of our own heart for Christ? He didn't go to the leaders of his day. Isn't that something? He went to the humble who had room for him in their hearts. Where we have to humble ourselves and recognize, I need a Savior. I need forgiveness of sin. I need a new life. And he's the only one that can bring it. Regarding room in our hearts here, in the book of Revelation, there's a, a verse here that perfectly fits when we think of this concept. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, where Jesus is speaking and he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus is still knocking today on the, everybody's hearts on their doors of their hearts. Jesus today still offers hope. I have to believe there are people here that still need hope in their lives. People need a connection with God. He's the God of the second chance. I believe and have to believe there's people here that need a second chance. I meet them all the time. They need a second chance in life. And Jesus is that second chance. He's the God of the new beginning. I have to believe there's people here who need a new beginning in life. Tonight can be a new beginning for you, a hope for you, if you haven't opened the door of your heart yet to hear his voice. Do you hear it? Is he talking at your heart tonight? He's not going to knock the door down. No, you have to open it up and you have to invite him in. Then he'll come in. And peace enters when we open the door of our hearts to him. The love of God, the joy of God, it fills our lives. Fear leaves. Hope for tomorrow enters in. And the real purpose of your life, of why you're here on this earth, you discover. And it puts salt in your shaker. And you know why you're here and the purpose you have in this life. Not to live for yourself, but to live for the praise of his glory. And he reveals to you personally what that means. 
And best of all, there's no greater thing on the face of this earth to know that you're right with God and that he has a future plan for you. And you can discover that if you would open the door of your heart to him. So I, I don't know all who's here tonight, but before we receive communion tonight, I do want to offer a, a prayer with you tonight uh, to invite Christ into your heart as your Savior. Uh, I hope he is tugging on the door of your hearts. If you bow your uh, heads with me right now and just repeat these words personally to Jesus, I would like to lead you. Jesus, I invite you into my heart tonight. I'm opening the door of my heart to you tonight. Come in. Be my Savior. Forgive my sin. Give me a new life. I believe that you are Lord. I believe you are risen from the dead. Come and live within me. And give me the hope that only you can give for the days ahead. Amen. You know, by the way, if this is the first time you've ever prayed something like that, we'd like to know. Uh, you could give the church office a call or, or tell me or uh, send us an email or something. Is there anyone here? Do you think that's the first time you've ever prayed a prayer like that? Don't know everyone that's here tonight? But if you have, I'm very happy to hear that. Very happy to hear that. Yes. The Lord has a plan for your life. And he'll help you discover it. And we'd like to help you if we can. So just please let us know sometime. We'd like to just help you with the, the growth that's in Christ now. Let's pick up the communion here. And uh, as we go to communion, uh, we have the bread, of course. The grape juice represents the wine at the Last Supper. The bread, of course, represents his body broken for us. That should have been me on the cross. He was my substitute. His blood, this represents the juice here, the grape juice here represents uh, the life-giving blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that cleanses me from all unrighteousness. As we receive communion tonight, let us thank God that we are in covenant with him and that Jesus is Lord over our lives. For this baby in the manger went to the cross, died for me, and rose from the dead triumphant to be my savior. There's no grave of Jesus. He's not in there. He's risen from the dead. So at the time of Christmas, I like to remember, because you came, Jesus, I can live. Because you came, Jesus, I can have hope. Let's receive the bread and the wine now. Lord God, we thank you We thank you today that we're in Christ, that the believer confesses you as Savior. We don't reject you. We welcome you. We want you. Help us to live for you in the days ahead as your Holy Spirit would teach us, guide us, that we would enjoy, Father God, the presence of your salvation in our lives every day. And we are so grateful for it because you've given us a hope that we never could have had. We thank you that Jesus welcomes all of us 
forgives all the past sin as we put our faith in him as the only hope to our eternal home. All Jesus ever asks us, Father, is that we believe in him and trust him with our eternity. And we do that today, Father. And we all together thank you for your goodness today and in these days ahead to live for the praise of your glory.